Yeah, Luca and KP. There's these young guys are dotted everywhere, but the league has always been that way. And and the way the way you do it is you start to bring in ring chasing vets. Like exactly. the one guy before they landed Tristan Thompson, the one guy I was like um, speaking about the most was trying to land Derek Favors. I thought Derek Favors would have been the guy that would have shored up this defense massively. Mm. Um, he he went back to Utah, and now Utah have two of the best defensive bigs in the league, literally rotating on and off. And their, their defense now is ridiculous, which has allowed them to play um, at the speed that they play at. So I do agree. I, if I said no, I think these two are guaranteed to win. Then I'm I'm lying, and I'm just saying it for the sake of saying it, which I'm not going to do. But I do think that these guys are just as able to. They're just as likely to win a chip. Yo, you say I'm in a battle like Vidich. Yeah, man, I got 90 minutes. I got my eye on the ball, but I see red on my right, no Kimmich. But if you reach his pocket, I'm gonna see cards from Dean. That's a one match ban from leagues, so I can't ride out for the team. So I can't ride out for the team. If they ask me who the goal is, I gotta say Nicholas Bentner. I oh, know I'm just joking, everyone knows that Messi is better. I'm trying to get my sterling up in this city, so simply play. As soon as my child can walk, it's straight project Mbappé. Bun all the verbal, as soon as I hear that whistle, we get straight to the action. Come on, lads, where's the passion? Do like Alan Matsini, wear headbands for the fashion. If the defenders drop back, we counter and then attack them. I got my eye on the ball, I got my eye on the ball, yeah. Uh, I got my eye on the boat. Uh, I got my eye on the boat. Yeah, I got my eye on the boat. Ooh, I got my eye on the boat. We came here to talk basketball. We came here to talk buckets. Came here to talk hoops, and that's what we're gonna do. And being, I guess, we obviously want to hear your opinions first of all. And we're gonna talk about your beloved Celtics first of all. And the main question on the subject that we're going to be talking about is whether or not Tatum and Brown can lead the Celtics to a championship. Obviously, just to provide a bit of context, I think in the NBA, when we analyse the NBA, there's a lot of pressure put on young talent who produce early. And I think we're seeing that with Giannis in the case that, look, LeBron, Michael Jordan, they won their first championships at, what, the age of 28, 30? Mm -hmm. And Giannis is being put on some pedestal that he needs to win now if he doesn't win now he's a bust and all of that kind of stuff and the same goes for Tatum and Brown I mean this is probably their worst even though they're producing numbers wise this is probably their worst season in terms of how the Celtics are operating how they're how they're flowing in terms of the basketball how many losses they have over the course of the season like they've been consistently getting to the final obviously bar the Kyrie year so they're they're a good duo and when we're looking at wings we're talking about do they have the right pieces around them? So the general chit-chat or the general question, first of all, to you, Adam, is in your opinion, your beloved Celtics, do you believe that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can lead you to a championship? Uh, right now, no. Long term, yeah, for sure. Um, they're still figuring out a bunch of stuff. There's still a lot that they need to improve on themselves. Um, I think that everybody's expecting them to be leaders straight away. And these guys are young, like, at the end of the day, that's like saying to a year six kid or a, or a year 11 kid, like, right then, we want you to lead um, the college team now. So we want you to step up and play at college and we want you to lead them to a championship at college. 
like mm. you're playing against bigger guys uh, more developed uh, i know these two guys have been in the league for a few years now um, but at the same time they still need to develop themselves they've made the conference finals three times now but every mm. time they haven't done it as the lead uh, neither of them have been the primary option uh, like consensus primary option uh, so doing it as a secondary player or as a role player and then being asked to do it as the lead ball handler and the primary scorer and the offensive focal point those are two hugely different things man i think that's gonna that takes a while to to get used to you'll see that in every sport guys will step into bigger roles and it takes a year maybe two for them to really grow into that role before they can start producing long term though yeah i think if they're still in boston um that and they continue to develop they will eventually win the championship let's let's dive into a little bit more in terms of the long term then in it because short term i think we know you know you guys it's, it's a bad season it's probably tatum's worst season in the league yeah you know i mean but um yeah well if we're talking long term then how how do you feel the team should be built do you know what i mean if you do want to be a championship caliber team because we know you know the clippers are having issues building around the two great wings you know what I mean? Uh, even um, the Bulls, they had to implement the triangle with the two great wings to have success. Um, how do you feel? And Danny Ainge, you got know what I mean? There was obviously, um, we know you had uh, the assets, you had Kyrie, you obviously got Kemba now. Uh, and there's questions of Danny Ainge. Like, everyone thought Danny Ainge was the great Danny Ainge, but there's some questions now because the, the, it feels like the team's in limbo. But long term, how do you feel the team needs to be built? And do you have questions about whether Danny Ainge can do that? I mean, I think the first thing you need to do is take stock of what's working around the league. Uh, you mentioned the Clippers are struggling. The Clippers are pretty much in the same boat as the Celtics, except their wings are more developed and they're like, you know, top 10, top 12 level players. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, the issues are the same. The only difference is Kawhi Leonard can bail you out of an extra 10 games a year where Jason Tatum just isn't there yet. Um, I think that you'd need to figure out how to stretch the floor a little bit more. Um, a stretch five would work. If you don't have a stretch five, you want a rim runner and then you want a, an additional ball handling wing. So you'd want somebody at the four that can put the ball on the floor a little mm -hmm. bit. I also think that having a score first minded point guard isn't what you want when you've got two high um, yep. high scoring wings. I think that that's taking shots away from them and it's also making it much more difficult to get the fluidity in the offense um, because mm -hmm. with Kemba, you need to run that pick and roll. You need to allow him to get into the lane off a screen so by doing that you need to set up first unless you run drag screens on, on the fast break but if you, you can't that's not something you can do every time so yeah, i think sure. that um a point guard that can distribute a little bit more that isn't afraid to penetrate um do you have anyone in mind uh i i went on record a year ago and got torn apart for this and now everybody agrees with me all of a sudden um lanzo ball i think would be great but the only thing yeah. is lanzo ball doesn't penetrate after dribble he um he's yeah. very much a terrible inside the paint man yeah. terrible like, and you don't even want him to finish right you just need him to have enough gravity to force a rotation before exactly the ball out. and if you watch him this year i've watched a lot of pelicans this year um yeah he does most of his work on the perimeter and he'll tee guys up all day from there but when you've got wings that you need to slash, like Jalen Brown, you want him to catch the ball on the rip through during the slash and then pull up mid-range or get to the hoop. You need somebody that's going to penetrate to open those lanes. Um, yeah. I do think you could teach Lonzo that. You know, he just he just needs to add a bit of aggression. Um, he also brings great size, great, great length. You can He's effectively a wing that can handle the yeah. run and run the point. 
Um, but that's what I'd do. I'd bring in either a ball, another ball handling wing a or a stretch five, and they definitely need to upgrade the point guard position. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. When I, do you want to go first, Darren, or should I? No, I was just gonna say, um, you must be upset, fam. Miles Turner was on the table. You could, if the, within the uh, the Gordon Hayward deal, I know you must have been frustrated that you didn't not get anything really, for Gordon man. Hayward. Like, um, not really. Like, there's a lot that Miles Turner does good, but um, there's a lot that he does bad too. Like, I think his defense is very much based on blocking shots, and that he can get caught um, trying to bait fouls a lot. He, his body positioning isn't great. He has to his stance is a little bit too high. Um, mm. So it's quite easy to beat him after dribble. So that's why you'll see a lot of his shots are coming from like the rear view when he's chasing guys down, or he'll get blocks when he's playing the drop. Um, but as a floor spacer, yeah, that's great. I, but I just think that everybody's looking at the numbers and the block numbers and saying, man, Boston really missed out. When in fact, if you look like there's a lot of possessions where he would have been worse than Daniel Tice defensively. So I'm not too upset about it, to be quite honest. Uh, I was a bit annoyed at the time, but uh, I got over it quite quickly. When when I, when I think about the Celtics, and um, personally for me to first answer the question, and it might seem a bit outlandish, outlandish, but I'm not even trying to go down that lane. But it's like, do I think Jason Tatum and Brown can be one-two punch to win the Celtics a ring in the future? Of course, the easy answer is to say yes because they've got potential. But if, as I'm looking at them now and looking at the way that the Celtics continue to construct their squads or their roster, sorry, I don't think so. I don't think they'll be able to lead the Celtics to a ring. And the reason why I say that is because you have to look around the league and one thing that has definitely been more blatant to the eye in terms of NBA fans across the UK, across the US, is that situations are what win championships. When you get a perfect situation and a perfect matchup, perfect blend of players, you more or less likely win the championship that year. When you look at the Lakers, they weren't the favourites. But when you look at the matchup, in terms of the guys you had matching up together, that's the reason why they won. You look at the Raptors when you look at on paper they necessarily shouldn't really have won the ring that year however when we Gasol it was the perfect blend of players mixed together win now win now win now obsession win now win now win now and then what that has led up to is not being able to tie down Kyrie who said sorry am I am I still am I still there yeah you're good you're good Oh, I'm good. Um, not being able to tie down Kyrie, for example. You look at Gordon Hayward, who is now having... You, you're seeing Utah Gordon Hayward at the Hornets, but he couldn't even show a glimpse of that when he was playing at the Celtics. And that was just down to the situation that he was in. He just wasn't the player that they needed to build around that to build around that team. And it, it just makes you... It begs the question, is Danny Ainge building this roster correctly? There's nothing wrong with... Tatum and Brown having experience in the finals, which they do have. But I would have rather you built around them so that they could potentially lose a couple of first rounders and gain the experience in being the number one option. Let them let them let them make mistakes. Let them be the main guys. Because it's it's not all about winning now you don't have to win now when especially when they're at that age and we were talking a bit about it off off um off the recording before we started recording and Giannis is the typical example of that 
there's this obsession that Giannis, because he's the M- back-to-back MVP and he's the defensive player of the year, he needs to win a ring now. And if he doesn't win a ring now, his legacy... Look, as much as we know that the Bucks are deficient in a lot of the things that they do, especially when they get into the playoffs, Giannis has 10, year, like 10 years, 8 to 10 years of his career still left. And he still has the ability to dominate. I still think he can dominate. And he's not even hit his prime yet. And he's already got his back-to-back MVPs and his defensive player of the year. He can basically use the rest of his career to just focus on winning the champ championship and tell the Bucks, look, I want this guy, I want this guy, and this is what we're going to use to win a ring. So I just do I I guess where I'm coming from is because I haven't used stats, it's more been a an opinionated thing. It's do I have trust in Danny Ainge to build the right roster for Tatum and Brown? And I'm not sure. That's where I put myself on the fence where I'm not sure that the right roster will be built for them to win a championship in the future. I mean, there's part of me that really agrees. Um, the one thing I'll say about Hayward, that's the first point I'd like to kind of push back on a little bit, is like mm. um, when Hayward was acquired, he was acquired to be the number two guy next to Kyrie Irving. Nobody knew that he was going to um, basically fracture every part of his leg. You know what I mean? He's, like, mm. Nobody knew that was going to happen. And him being out afforded Tatum more court time and which expedited his um his improvements yeah he did that's what's going to happen uh the same went for Jalen Brown so by the time Gordon Hayward comes back and actually is healthy because when he came back he he had to he had a relapse in that summer so then he had to have another operation then play himself fitness so by the time he was healthy he's now gone from being number two to number four in the pecking order and and then your your impact on the game completely changes because now you can't be putting up the numbers he put up in Utah. You can you don't have the usage that you have now in Charlotte. Um, there's a lot of and your your confidence reduces yeah, as well. Exactly. So now you defer too much because you yeah. haven't taken as many shots as what you're used to. Um, and yeah. I think that went against Boston. And I genuinely think that they should have looked to try and move Hayward. But how can you when his value so low because his performances yeah. are so bad? Um, Kyrie was just that that was just what it was it was bad um, they thought he was staying he said he was staying and he decided to leave um, and then you have to go you know you have to flip Terry Rozier to bring in Kemba Walker which to Terry me was a panic move career, yeah. yeah I think that I think that's a panic move um, mm-hmm. I think that move is the one that's really hamstrung them right now Facts. Uh, yeah. uh, I think that's the move that's really holding and I think Kemba's great I just don't think he's a championship point guard yeah <laughs> um, I think that the first thing you need to do now as Danny Ainge, as you say, you need to put players around people that that blend, that fit. It's the same in every sport. You need that chemistry and everybody yeah. needs to bring something different. First things first, consolidate some of this youth on the bench. You know, you've got you've got Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford, Carson Edwards, Grant Williams, um, Robert Williams. Williams. You've got yeah. those five guys, uh, all one, two or three years in the league. Pritchard as well. Pritchard, um, no, you keep Pritchard. That's what you, you don't. You keep Pritchard out of this. Pritchard can stay. Um, <laughs> he, he's doing good. He's doing good. But out of those five guys, move three. You know what I mean? Try and try and flip one and a I don't know a Jeff Teague. Like try and get off of Jeff Teague because that's a disaster. And yeah. give up a, a high upside young guy and try and get back a vet that can help and start bringing in some experience because that's where this team goes downhill. It's not when Tatum and Brown are on the floor. It's when, when yeah. it's when they're off or when you put Tatum on the floor and say, right, you need to be the focal point of the offense, but no one around you can do anything because they're all just bad. 
Mm. And th that to me is the biggest issue. That bench uh, unit is where the struggles come. Adam, if I can quickly interject though, and Darren, I don't know if you want to come in on this. The, the, a lot of the reason why I said what I said is that I do understand the context. Of course, look, injuries happen in the game, so we we, we can never t we can never like say this is going to happen. So we're getting ready. Do you know what I'm saying? And we always use the example in football. Look, Liverpool couldn't have. Um, imagine getting 18 injuries, for example, this season. So my thing is, though, in terms of what you did have, you now look across the rest of the league. Jason Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't the only budding young talents in the league now. you got Donovan Mitchell, who's in the perfect of perfect situation. Like we say all the time, perfect of perfect situations. Jazz got a good organisation. They know what they want to do. They're looking good. They're developing every single year. You've still got guys like Damian Lillard, who you never know what could happen. He's still got about three to five years left at the top where you just never know. I'm not saying he's going to win a chip, but you just never know. So that takes... Each year you don't get to the NBA Finals, for example. That's another year off your chance to win a ring, basically. I'm stacking... It's basically Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown versus the rest of the field. I have to go with the rest of the field based on the current evidence because when I look around the league and look at situation, I look at the Pelicans. They're a championship team in waiting if they just get the right core group, the players that they want to pick around Zion, Brandon Ingram, the right, guys, the right coach, the right coach, exactly. So it's it's basically a Tatum and Brown versus the rest of the field, and unfortunately, I have to go with the rest of the field. Just based I, on other people, and that's fair. Like, I, I, yeah, there's exactly. no way I can argue back from there and try and keep a straight face because there are you've got guys like Zion, you've got guys like, as you say, Donovan Mitchell. There's some younger guys, uh, Ja Morant and Triple J over in Memphis are doing good. Uh, are going to be doing great things. Um, Charlotte have got Lamelo Ball, who's looking like he's legit. Luca and KP. Yeah, Luca and KP. There's these young guys are dotted everywhere, but the league has always been that way. And and the way the way you do it is you start to bring in ring chasing vets. Like exactly. the one guy before they landed Tristan Thompson, the one guy I was like um speaking about the most was trying to land Derek Favors. I thought Derek Favors would have been the guy that would have shored up this defense massively. Mm. Um, he he went back to Utah, and now Utah have two of the best defensive bigs in the league, literally rotating on and off. And their, their defense now is ridiculous, which has allowed them to play um, at the speed that they play at. So I do agree. I, if I said no, I think these two are guaranteed to win, then um, I'm lying and I'm just saying it for the sake of saying it, which I'm not going to do. But I do think that these guys are just as able to, they're just as likely to win a chip as a lot of these other young guys as well, because it mm -hmm. all depends on situations they find themselves in in a year or two and how the roster construction happens in a year or two. Yeah, exactly. For me, I have to look at Danny Ainge, man, because I look at this season and I think it's a wasted season. Like, there's there's no way you can, you know, have championship expectations. I don't know if maybe this was a development year that he had in mind, but there's too many young guys on the bench. Do you know what I mean? You can't have two young stars and then surround them with a bunch of young role players that you're trying to develop. Do you know what I mean? You're basically uh, just a young team trying to grow. Yeah, I mean, that's fine if that's the, di the direction that you want to go in. But it just, that wasn't the path that you were on last year or a couple of years ago when you had, you has, you just picked up Kemba. Do you know what I mean? You you had Gordon Haywood, you had Kyrie. So I don't know if uh, what, what Danny Ainge is trying to do, but I, I don't know. I think he's got to be decisive 
Like if he wants to do, if he actually wants to, you know, let them develop, maybe you know, uh, trade uh, Marcus Smart for a pick, trade Kemba for a pick, just do something that commits to that direction, or you know, trade Kemba for for someone that can help you right now. But in terms of the actual team, before we move, I, I feel like they, I don't think that they can be your two best players on the championship winning team, unless the roster is built very specifically. Do you know what I mean? And they improve off the ball. Because I feel like you need at least one high-level playmaker. Do you know what I mean? If you want to win a championship. And uh, I believe this season, they're you guys are bottom five in assists, um, hockey assists, all the um, the passing stats. You guys are really low in, in those categories. And I think that's evident. Not Obviously, that comes down to the fact that the role players aren't really great. But also, I think Tatum and Brown, they're scorers. Do you know what I mean? Both of them, they're two-way wings. As we said, the Clippers are having the same issues. You need someone that can play make. And um, unless you can find yourself a Draymond Green, or as you said, Lonzo Ball, but even Lonzo Ball, can he play make for the whole team? Do you know what I mean? That's I think... Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? I think to get to the next level, playmaking is, is where you need to improve. That's why they've been forcing the ball into Tatum's hands so much. Um, you'll exactly. see... Especially in the game. Yeah, you'll see New Orleans are doing it with Zion at the moment as well. Like, um, you give guys enough rope to just say, right, we don't care if the pass doesn't make it. We don't care so much about the outcome of the set, but we want you to run the offense now. And we want you to figure out how to get guys involved. And Tatum, when the thing with Tatum is, and Brown's very similar, uh, Zion's actually a lot better at this than what them two are, is when the first initial offensive action breaks down, so when a team counters your pick and roll or they counter your handoff. Tatum and Brown will go ISO, where, yeah. re- where what you want is you want them to, to be willing to mess up, right? So run a secondary offensive action and look to get guys involved. And this is what Brad Stevens is trying to do. He's trying to force them to evolve into playmakers. Um, and I'm fine. If I knew that that was going to happen and we were seeing slow, like, incremental growth, like, I don't care how bad it is then. Do you know what I mean? Mm, like, that's I, what I'm saying. I, yeah, I'm more than happy for it to be tough to watch, um, to be very inconsistent, because I know that there's a very specific game plan that they're working exactly. towards. Uh, but that's why Tatum's usage rate is through the roof at the moment, not just as a scorer, but as a ball handler, because they are trying to force him into becoming a better playmaker. For that same reasoning, um, but I think you also need um, you need role players that can play, mate, too. You need to be able to bring a guy in off the bench with eight minutes left in the fourth and be like, go create something. You don't need to be the guy to go get us a bucket, but go start teeing guys up. And okay. uh, they don't have that either, which is why Harrison Barnes is so um so heavily spoke about right now in Boston circles. Before we move on, last question I wanted to ask was Brad Stevens, man. Um highly regarded. Do you got know I mean he's supposed to be the new Popovich and I think he's you know he's a good coach, quality coach, but um, where do you stand on him, Black? Can he lead you to a championship? Um, is he a top five coach in the NBA? Top five young coach in the NBA? Yeah, top five coach in the NBA? No. Um, I think Brad is very similar to when you're watching young guys. Like you'll see, he you see he's learning too. Like you see him implementing new play calls all the time. If they're not working, him like one of the biggest things with Brad is um, he gives guys too much rope. If you go, if you're struggling to, and your shots not falling, he'll leave you out there to see if you can figure it out. 
Mm. Veteran coaches aren't about that. This is this is a league you're in to win, right? There's like this is a business. If your shots aren't falling, you're sitting on the bench for the next 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Popovich is the king of that. He'll he'll bench you after 30 seconds if he finds if you've missed a rotation. Like I've seen him do it. Yep. Um, but you learn that that's learned that ruthlessness comes with years in the league and just being so annoyed with like I don't want to put up with your shit no more. Sit down. And I think Brad's gonna develop that too. Um, so I still think he's the right coach. I still think he's going to be, for 10 years' time, I think we'll be talking about him as a top three coach in the league. Um, there was a time where we didn't think Spolstra was going to be as good as what he is, where we were questioning whether he would even make it through the LeBron years. Now he's regarded as the top five coach in the league. Um, it takes time. It just just the same as players develop, coaches need to get you know to develop too. Uh, but he does need to improve his game management. For I sure. think when I... Just to quickly um, um, just backtrack. So my roundup point um, was going to be that it's just obviously a lot of a lot of talk was on playmaking and bringing in that playmaker who can make a difference. And as we're seeing, look, when you have two wings who can potentially be the back fulcrum and the core of your team, you're gonna need a playmaker. As the Clippers found out, we were talking about Campbell Walker. We can look at the Clippers in their first year. The reason why it didn't work despite all their talent is because if you look at the point guards that they had, they either had um, Lemon Pepper Lou, who needs to create his own shot, and then mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly, who's not really a playmaker and is uh, sometimes can be seen as a headless chicken. So you just need to make... If, getting a playmaker who isn't the main man on a team is like one of the hardest spots to fill because you look at, you look at the Lakers, Rondo was like... It was basically we were relying on playoff Rondo. It wasn't Rondo basically did not play the whole season, so it was almost like we're banking on playoff Rondo to show up and show himself, and he did. He did that to himself. So yeah, it's gonna be tough. But in terms of what I think the Celtics need to focus on, and I take a I take a page out of Vogel's book, it's the defense, man. Defense needs to be worked on first, and I think the best rosters or the best teams, championship teams, are built when defensively. Their quality. I think there was a stat that I mentioned. Um, I, I think it was Max who pointed it out that in the last ten years, no championship winning team um, was outside the top five in defensive efficiency, something like that. And when, when you look at where Boston are right now, I believe they're like sixteenth, seventeenth in defensive efficiency, which is basically bottom half, really and truly. So. Yeah, the defense needs to improve. Of course, that happens when you have the right players, and I don't think they have the right players to implement a nice defensive scheme. However, you just got to look at Brad Stevens and say, "Cool, you've had your breakout period now." Brad Stevens is now becoming an established name within the the NBA ranks, so he needs to make sure that he isn't making a name for himself in the bad light, as opposed to the positive one. So, yeah, and that's fair. I mean, that's completely fair. And Boston, all of Boston's good runs have come off the back of being one of the better defensive teams in the exactly. League. Yeah, um, I do want to, and this is an excuse, really. And I've told people that have been on my show and other shows, I've been this is an excuse, and it's a pretty crap one. But you can only coach the talent that you've got, right? Like, you bring in Tristan Thompson, you expect defense to be okay. Marcus Smart and Tristan Thompson should be a decent defensive team, Jalen Brown as well. Jalen Brown, one of the best um, point of attack wing defenders in the league. Jason Tatum's one of the best passing lane defenders in the league or developing into that. Um, It's just been bad. It's been real bad. Transition defense is terrible. 
Um, if mm. you go from our Twitter account, you'll see I break down their uh, defensive rating by quarter, and I do that every two weeks, like clockwork. Um, they're constantly one of the worst teams in the fourth quarter. I think they've not come out of uh, the bottom ten in like the last two months. Uh, they just suck, and a lot of that comes down to youth. Unfortunately, you know that they, they don't have the veteran leadership they need. And if we want to play 2K for a moment where we've got that trade override button, uh, <laughs> perfect guy for this team, who I think for the playmaking spot would be Nikola Jokic. Put Jokic with Tatum and Brown, and it's Ridiculous. over. You, you can then have a... Uh, you can That's then have a... Mark allowed. Mark. Okay, <laughs> just put the override button in there. Let me do my thing, mate. We'll, uh, we'll make it. But before, before we move on, Daniel, I think, because we were saying this, it's definitely hard to find role players that can play me. I definitely agree with that. But that's you just got to look for them vets, them smart vets. Do you know what I mean? Like a David West, like, like when the Warriors picked up a David West. Guys like that, guys that they're not scorers, but they, they know the game and they have an all-round game. So they're not looking to get their own bucket. They're looking to move the ball, get guys shots, Iguodala, guys like that. If you can pick up guys like that, then, then that's you're going in the right direction. There's no, like... um. There's a correlation between teams that overachieve and teams that have Jay Crowder on that roster. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's a legitimate correlation there, right? Um, people Except when he played with LeBron. <laughs> yeah, that didn't work too well. But it, it's been great for him since, uh, since he left Cleveland. Literally, um, 100%. And then, like, Marcus Morris is another guy guys sleep on a little bit as a... Um, as a connector guy, a guy that connects player to play, plays to plays. The only thing with him is um, you have those Marcus Murray shots, Marcus Murray shots that um, are just real, real ridiculous. You know what? Like he was in Boston for a year, dude, and I loved the guy and I hated. Uh, him he, Brad Stevens, he closed every game basically for you guys. Yeah, yeah, because he's that type of guy. He makes the right reads, makes the right pass, knows when yeah, to leak sure. out, knows when to drop back, knows when to pinch. Like he's just a smart, heady player. Uh, and those are the guys you need, which is why I really, really wish they got Derek Favors, and uh, it just didn't work out, man. And now they're they're where they are. It uh, it sucks, but it gives me a lot to talk about every week, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> just 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 as a final point, then, in, with a one word answer, how far do the Celtics go in the playoffs? Second round exit. Yeah, second, second round. round. See They'll lose to one of the top three teams, and that's the Bucks or the other Sixers. I will premise that by saying that's if they make a trade. I'll, I want to reevaluate true. if they make a trade. But true, right true. now, second round true, exit. True. true. We'll see. I mean, if 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 a guy like Vucevic comes in, I mean, you just never know. Like, really and truly, that, that could be a game-changing trade, really. And Harrison truly, Barnes yeah. is the guy, dude, I'm telling you. Yeah, I'm hearing Harrison Barnes, though. Harrison I just Barnes don't like it. I don't like his contract, though. That's the only thing, because I think they, they paid him quite a lot. It's like 22 um, mil. 22 mil a year, but like yeah. he's coming in as a he can play make, he can defend, he can yeah. he can shoot. He's a third play or three or four. Option. Yep, third or fourth option guy on the wing. Um, has a championship ring. You know, knows what it takes to win. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Paying 22 mil, let him come in and just fill Hayward's role, uh, and it's cheaper than what Hayward was and younger with less injury history. Yeah, uh, I'm down yeah. then. I'm, and then it's a finals, a conference finals exit, which is where they got to that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Now it's good to dice up the the Celtics and chop it up a bit. Um, obviously the next the next little piece of segment that I want to talk about is kind of linking back into the Celtics and the rest of the teams in the league. I mean, when you look at the the, the last couple of years, so let's exclude this year. The East has been 
horrendous, man. I know, obviously, the Raptors won the league. I mean, won the chip from the East, but I mean, the talent levels had just haven't been there. In terms of players who were on the East as well, it just wasn't great. Um, but you can't excuse the fact that, especially if you want to say it's top-heavy, if, even if you wanted to say it's top-heavy, you can make the argument that the East is, in terms of the top-heavy teams, it's more, there's more talent there than in the West. Like you could legitimately make that argument. That's why the question I have to you guys and to the panel, and Darren, I can see you want to go first, so I'll let you go first. Do you think the East has caught up to the West? Do you think there's a legitimate claim that in terms of talent levels, in terms of quality basketball, or whatever angle or perspective you want to go from, do you think the East has caught up to the West? Caught up? I'd say, I'd say, yeah, man. Because listen, LeBron comes to the West, all the man then fly East. KD's <laughs> gone to the East. James Harden's gone to the Man's East. Legit thing as well. Saying that is the LeBron effect. Yeah, yeah. it's real, fam. Like ooh, everyone's gone to the East now, and I, I think the, the 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 power has not shifted, but it's it's definitely equaled out. Because now we see not only are the elite teams in the East as good as the West in terms of the Nets, the Sixers, um, the Bucks. Listen, the Knicks are good now. Do you know what I mean? The Charlotte Hornets are good now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, what what the issue was with the East was there were so many teams that you could just skate past. You don't even have to look at them on the schedule. Do you know what I mean? The Knicks were, were that team back a couple years ago. The Hornets, um, what other teams? The Hawks used to be that team. There's so many teams in the East that just used to, used to just skate through. Now we're seeing those teams emerging. Um, less teams that are basically tanking. Um, Similarly, in the West, the West has obviously always been competitive. Oh, probably one team that's in the actually maybe two, but the Thunder they have Thunder have a good record, even if they they're not like trying to win. Do you know what I mean they are a, a decent team? The Timberwolves are obviously the main team that are just putting it in the tank. But um, if I'm comparing just the overall um, talent and uh, you know uh, level of teams in each conference. I think I think it's 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 a 50-50 split, man. I think the East has definitely caught up. I think the LeBron effect uh, has had a huge impact. But if we actually, I think the coaching in the East is at a high level as well. Do you know what I mean? Because um, actually, I got questions about Budenholzer, but we know uh, we mentioned Brad Stevens. You got Spolstra. Budenholzer in the regular season that gets the job done. Tibbs has come in and is doing things for the Knicks. I think James Borrego with the Hornets is an underrated coach. I think. Uh, just to answer the question, yeah, I feel like in terms of high-end talent and in terms of overall um, competitiveness, that um, the conferences are definitely fairly equal now. Um, before I go to Adam, I think, I think, yeah, I agree. And you could even make the argument, and I'll even maybe just play a bit of devil's advocate and be extreme and say that the East has slightly overtaken the West. And the reason why I say that is because if you t if you just take a look at the equilibrium and how everything is weighted out in the in the east and the west. Um, to mine now, I, sh I should have really sorted it out and brought it up on the screen, but here's what it is. I think about the Hawks who aren't in a playoff position and it was literally playoff or bust because of the moves they made. Bringing in Bogdanovich, you got um, her, you got um, you got um, what's it called? You got yeah, Collins, Gallinari, Gallinari Rajon Rondo. Like you brought in talent to guarantee, not to compete, to guarantee uh, a playoff spot. And they're not even there right now. The Pacers aren't in, 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 in the in The, the Wizards, right bro. We thought the Wizards were going to be fire. We, we <laughs> thought that was... Like, we, no, we, we genuinely... Best backcourt in the NBA. 
we genuinely thought Westbrook and Bill would sort it out. <laughs> Adam was crying. <laughs> we genuinely I knew that was gonna be a I knew that was gonna be a bad move from I just don't like rate Westbrook very highly. Continue. Sorry, Daniel. Carry Thank on. you. I get I get grilled because one of our other guys who is like a Westbrook stand, like I, I get grilled for getting onto Westbrook. I just said, look, Westbrook is a lovely, energetic guy, but he just he reminds me a bit of He's a he's Blake Griffin with a long career. He's had the MVP. He's got everything that he needed to get in the regular season, and he's got his awards to make sure that he's a Hall of Famer. However, here's the guy you pick up if you don't have any aspirations to win a championship. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. But, but, but I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I feel like you you yeah, think it's hard, man. I think, I think, I think I, we know what he is. Do you know what I mean? Like he is the guy. I wouldn't say he's the guy that you pick up if you want, if you don't want him in the championship. But he's the guy that you're basically saying we're gonna be one of the funnest teams. Winning isn't really a huge priority, but we wanna, you know, bring a vibe to our organization. And um, Russell Westbrook, he rarely lets you down in terms of the like what he gives. The thing that I always say, though, is literally what you just said, because you just said the same thing with as Adam, but you put a pillow there just to soften the blow. Like, let's, like you said, Westbrook is where it is, isn't it? Even though this isn't a Westbrook segment because we could go on forever about it. In terms yeah. of when you look at the East and the expectations that we had from the teams, I'm looking at it here right now. And the Wizards, again, we thought they'd be better. The Hawks, we thought would be challenging at least. The Pacers in the right position. When you look at... Um, the last couple of years and how good the, um, who was I looking at? The Raptors, yes. When you look at how good the Raptors have been over the last couple of years, to see them in in the eight in the eight seed, like basically competing with the rest of the teams in the in the East, you just know that it's a competitive league right now. And the only team who isn't less, who's literally playing like bad tanking is the Pistons, but they've still mm -hmm. got a guy who's averaging what I think Jeremy Grant is averaging about 25 this season or something like that. So mm -hmm. like you can just see that there's still talent right across the league. I mean, when I look at the West, it's not like the West don't have talent. The West have quality, quality players, proven talent. I mean, Kawhi, Paul George, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, LeBron, AD, like, come on, we're talking about serious, serious level talent. But it's when I just look at the matchups and you go, um, if you just go first, first, second, second, third, third, you're just leaning towards the East all the time. And, and that just goes to show that kind of like there's been this power shift or uh, a balance of power that is kind of tilted in the other direction. And if it, I think it makes it makes a better NBA, man. When both, but both conferences are at a higher level, it makes a better NBA and it makes it harder to predict. It makes it fun to watch. It makes it like we really want this matchup. Like, look at look at the matchup everyone wanted last year was Clippers versus Lakers, Clippers versus Lakers. Now I wouldn't even say that's the number one matchup necessarily that you want to see in the playoffs because of how many teams that there are. You see the 76ers and how good they're doing. You want to see how they would pose in a seven-game series maybe against even the Nets and other guys in their conference, maybe the Bucks. Like now that everyone is at basically full power, full strength, we're seeing like a lot of guys look at the West, I mean the East and say, this is a very, very good conference. This is a very, very good conference. So for me, yeah, I think that it's, it's I think it's tilted. I think it's tilted. Just a tad. Not too much, but enough for me to notice it, if that makes sense. I mean, that's fair though, right? Like if you look, I think I still think West Coast 
teams are deeper. Like they, their benches are generally stronger than what an East Coast mm-hmm. team is at the moment, mm-hmm. and that's why they say the West is a stronger conference because a lot of Western West Coast teams can go one through eight and feel super comfortable. A lot of East Coast yeah. teams are going one through six. Um, I yeah. do think that the East has definitely got a bunch better, and my biggest thing on that is like a. That's what's meant to happen, man. If your conference sucks, then your conference gets the best draft picks. Those draft picks develop, and now what it's meant to keep bringing parity. Um, Trey Young, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Giannis. Um, you know, we could I could list we could just keep listing guys and that have been drafted because their team in the East just sucked. Yeah, Lamelo. Uh, we we could I mean if we sat here with a pen and paper, like pretty much all of the hundred yeah, percent most of the, most of the major names in the East are from draft picks from that team. Uh, and yeah. that happens when your team's back. You get those picks. So um, I definitely agree that there's parity now. I still think the West Conference, personally, I think they have a little bit of an edge just because their rosters are deeper. Like, um, if you put, if you just done a 10-minute game with Phoenix's bench versus, uh, I don't know, let's go Milwaukee's bench. So who I think Phoenix would probably <laughs> win that game. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. kind of that's kind of the angle I'm looking at, but I definitely think it's a lot better now. A lot more com- like gambling wise, it's a nightmare, right? Like there's no easy games anymore. Um, so that tells me that everything's even because I'm struggling to find the right uh, spreads every night. For um, because you mentioned uh, draft, draft a, a lot of guys in the East have been drafted. We didn't mention Embiid and Simmons as well, and they're that's doing bit the yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But um, in terms of the, the parity, I'm with you, man. Like, I think, as I mentioned, the LeBron, the LeBron effect is huge. But uh, away from that, uh, I think it's a good point you bring up about um, deeper benches as well. Because we look at the Lakers. The Lakers obviously have one of the deepest teams in the league. The Jazz have a great, uh, have a really deep team. And we, we spoke about the Celtics, lack of depth, Nets, lack of depth, Bucks, um, lack of depth. So I, I think that's a good point there. But... Um, yeah, man, I, I would say it's pretty equal right now in terms of the playoffs. I think that it will make ver- a very interesting playoff because we should have good matchups from round one. Do you know what I mean? Because I think, um, let's say a team like the Knicks or the Hornets now, I think they could, it will be fun. Do you know what I mean? They probably won't win, win a, a series or anything, but it will be fun watching them play. Like back in the day, it used to be, oh, shit. Like, well, we got Detroit with one leg, Blake Griffin facing up with the Bucks. Do you know what I mean? Or we've yeah, got, uh, no, literally in the first you round. Know what I'm saying? So it, it was, was dry. But now, basically a bye. <laughs> fam, it was <laughs> literally basically a bye. So now I think it, it will definitely have a competitive series from, from the jumps, you know, the playoffs. I, I think the perspective that I came from is, and I hear what you're saying in terms of the depth, but let, let's just be honest. Look, the NBA is a is a is a playoff driven franchise where you make your money in the playoffs and you look at what happens. We we judge the season, but like no one remembers the regular season when a champion has been crowned. We remember the playoffs, how you got there and whatnot. And when you look at everyone in the playoffs, you shrink your roster down, you shrink the rotation down. To who plays is kind of one through six. So the depth thing for me, look, it's it's great to have options, so you can switch players around in terms of your rotation. However. Most of these teams know their rotation for the playoffs already. If not, maybe one or two spots need filling. That's it. And the, and the reason why that's key for me is that now, why I don't look too much in, in terms of depth and I look more in terms of the teams, when I look at the teams that I think are 
basically us, if I can use that word, and the teams in the West that are and the teams in the East that are. Look, in the West, you've got the Rockets who, who have no direct... Like, I mean, we saw the talent they picked up after James Harden and we thought, do you know what, maybe it's all right. But then you just look at the things that have happened, how players are performing. Obviously, in Christian Wood, big injuries, it hasn't helped them. They're not a great team. For one, Timbles. Apparently, yeah. apparently, they're trying to move Oladipo as well. Still, they're trying well, to. That's, that's yeah, he's, well he's he's not going to sign a long term deal with with them. In my opinion, I don't see why he would when he wants to win a ring. And he's been yeah, so but that's clear. why that's what I'm saying. They're trying to trade him in it because they know he's not going to sign a long term deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So where he go? He could be a big piece. No, hundred percent. But I'm saying even the original acquiring. Trade. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We said that, fam. It was stupid. It was stupid. And, I know Karis Levert has recently had the health conditions, but I'd bank on him being like getting better and being the main man in my roster than uh, Oladipo, who wants to win now. Like you can't give him that. So it's you could have had Ben Simmons, bro. Yeah, you know, literally could have had it. And if you saw uh, the Ble Bleacher Report, basically broke down the packages. So you look at the Timberwolves as well. I don't think they're that. <laughs> The Timberwolves are the Timberwolves. Look at the Kings and you look at the Thunder. And you even look at the Grizzlies. I mean, I know I like the Grizzlies a lot and we've spoken in like highly of how great they're playing, but they're not yet anything to be reckoned with, I would say. But then cool, you look yeah. at the East. Yeah, pretty young team. But then you look at the East and who are the bad teams on the East? I mean, the Cavs, the Magic and the Pistons, I would say the teams that we knew for sure wouldn't really amount to anything. But I think obviously Adam was saying that he expected the wizard, like he said it would be bad. But I honestly thought the Wizards would be in a, competing for a playoff spot. Like I like for for you to have, and I I think I asked this question on the last um, stream that we were, that we did, Darren. So remind me if we if we ever got an answer in, on it, and if we did the research. And Adam, if you know the answer to this, this will help a lot. But who who led the league in scoring? But was nowhere near the playoffs. Like, what team has had a player who led the who led the league in scoring? So not just the team led the league in scoring, but they were nowhere near the playoffs. I've never seen that before, or to mind anyway. Last year's Bradley Bill, isn't it? Or Trey Young? Trey Young didn't really lead the league in scoring, but he was but up there. The the outright yeah, lead the league that, scoring. That's the hardest qualifier. Like, usually, if you lead the league in scoring, then uh, your team's competing. You're at least an eighth seed, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're not even sniffing that right now. So they're it so just makes bad, it... though, dude. So bad. So bad. <laughs> yeah, I, mean... I mean, they've got some really fun pieces. Like, I think Rui can be good. I think Denny Avija is going to be good. Bertans um, has had a terrible season. Yeah, he's been a letdown. I'm glad Boston didn't trade for him last year now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think they've got some really good pieces. I like Thomas Bryant. Um, yeah. I think. But there again, it comes down to the bench, dude. Like it's all well and good having all these like top heavy talent in Beal mm. and Westbrook and whoever else you want to put in that list. When those guys go to the bench, you, you everyone else needs to be able to hold it down, and uh, mm -hmm. that's that's not happening. And that's a big issue on a lot of the um, weaker teams in the East at the moment. They've got all this top level talent, unless your name's Detroit, where you just suck. Um, but <laughs> it's true. I mean, well, the magic as well. Oh my gosh, well, that, like, and nothing else, yeah. But that's like Jonathan Isaac's injured, Mark yeah. Fultz is injured. Uh, I feel bad for Fultz as well. 
Mo Bamba as well hasn't been. Yeah, Mo Bamba's injured. So that's not their fault as much as what it is Detroit's. Detroit actively went and signed every player in the same position on the like they were like, (laughs) okay, New York went and did it with power forwards last year. So we're gonna do it with anyone over six seven this year. And uh it was just ridiculous. Like what I don't understand how you think that's gonna work. Um funny, but it's um yeah, so I don't know, man. After I think there's a there's a lot of good. I think there's a lot of bad. Uh, I, I like watching the bad teams play because I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> I like I do, man. Plus, you, you see, the the coaches run a lot more like um inventive stuff because yeah, they have exactly. to, right? Yeah. You know, so like that's fun to watch. Um, you mentioned James Borrego earlier. I think he's an offensive mastermind. Mm. You know, I think he's a genius. I love Borrego. He's another young coach. And uh, just give me the mellow ball on Boston, and I think we can call it a day. Aye. I mean, Aye, but listen, Lamelo's worth the, the whole war chest that you had a couple years ago. You had to give that all up for Lamelo, boy. Can't defend, dude. It's like, uh, I'll give you like two first rounders Langford, Neesmith. Oh, no Carson. way. I'll give no you way. Michael, Michael, Michael Jordan will slam the door in your face. Michael Forget Michael me, Jordan. Yeah? The, GM that sanctions, the GM that sanctions that deal gets sacked. Michael Jordan is the GM, fam. <laughs> He's the owner, isn't he? No, I don't mean... I mean, like, I'm sure no trades get done without his say-so. Yeah, it's not happening. I'm just saying, like, if I had to trade override button off 2K... Oh, yeah, know. yeah, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But let's get to no. the power rankings, man. Let's get to the power rankings. No, 100%. Let's get to the power rankings. Obviously, what we're going to do is our... Because um, this is our mid-season review, we want to look at what players are playing well, um, what players maybe have underachieved, and obviously that's going to be represented represented through our list. Um Make sure you check out our Twitter and our Instagram. So I'm going to be putting up and making a graphic of our list, our, each of our individual lists, so we can see who you agree with, who you disagree with, and who you think we're missing in each list. So should we maybe go like 10th, 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 9th, 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 and go like that? Each person does their like 10th, each person does their 9th, because it'll make it easier to see and gauge what we're talking about. Yeah? Yeah, that's kind of me. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Perfect, perfect. So Darren, we'll come to you first. Who's who's in the temp spot for you? No, go to Adam first. Go to Adam first. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting my notes out. I'm no, getting that's my pressure, notes man. That's pressure. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've got the blaze. Where's my mic? I've got the Blazers temp. Okay, you did the you did it teams wise. No worries. We could, I can do that as well. Oh, was we doing do players? Well. I was gonna do. Yeah, I thought it was players to be honest, but I didn't. Oh, no, teams, 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 teams. It was even yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, they're cool. Now, perfect. Perfect. I can do. I can do teams. Uh, yeah. So I've got the Blazers in tenth. Cool. Blazers in tenth. Listen, Reason. Dame Dollar. Dame Dollar. Second half. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Adam. For your um, like, why you got them at tenth? Oh shit! Sorry. I thought we were just listing them and then moving on to the next man. No, um, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you can. Oh uh, shit! I didn't even put my reasons down. It's quite easy though. Um, yeah, yeah, I think they've, yeah, yeah. I think they've uh, got decent, um, decent players in terms of star power. You know, you got Dame, you got CJ. Um, I think they've still got Nurkic to come back as well, so that's going to be a big help for them. They're holding it down right now. They've got a deep bench. They've got um, Carmelo's Carmelo. He's doing okay. But then you look at guys like Rodney Hood's giving you some decent minutes. Um, the playmaking that they're running's done well. 
I do think that they're the most likely team to fall out of the top 10 in these power rankings. But yeah. that's about all I have. I've got, I'm going to make sure I have more for you on the rest of them. I just put the Blazers there because looking at the last 10 games, the Blazers deserve to be in the top 10 in the power rankings. Yeah. For sure. Go ahead, go ahead, Daniel, bro. Um, in the 10th spot, um, I have the Clippers. I have the Clippers. Um, the reason why I say that is no, nah, the reason why I say that is because you have to look at it like this. I believe they're on a three game losing streak, so they're a bit on, um, off the boil in terms of that. And when I look at how far, so this is not just to do with the season, how I've kind of how I've kind of thought of it in my head as well is the expectations at the end of the season. Like, are they working towards those expectations? Are they? closing in on what we expected them to do and if you look at how far the Clippers have fallen off from last season in terms of everyone's expectations for them you you would be a tad bit worried do you know what I'm saying because they were out and out 75% of US NBA's favorites to win the chip last year and they didn't get that done they obviously choked and now you look at it like 76ers might be a little bit better than them. The Nets might be a little bit better than them. Um, the Lakers, you have to give champions their credit. Look at the Suns. You don't want to. You don't. You don't really want the Suns. I mean, the Clippers don't really want to see the Suns with the way Chris Paul, Devin Booker, all those guys are looking. I mean, the Jazz. I expect the Clippers to beat the Jazz in the seven-game series, but but you can never bet against. Look, the Jazz just look very very great right now, and hopefully they're not like a Bucks type team where regular season they're great, um, and playoffs they're not. So. For me, when I look at the Clippers, the reason why I have them 10th is when you look at the regular season, they're fourth in the standings in terms of the Western Conference on a losing streak. So they're kind of cold right now. And are they working towards their expectations of a championship? Because let's not get it twisted. There's a lot of teams where not winning the championship this season could really shake up the roster. I mean... Kawhi and Paul George could both leave at the end of the season. Actually, Paul George signed a deal, so Paul George staying. But Kawhi could leave at the end of the season, which would be detrimental to what the Clippers were trying to build in the first place. So, yeah, that's why I have them 10th. Calm, yeah. Me, I got the Blazers at 10 as well. Um, balling, man. Dame Dollar's keeping them afloat right now, man. I feel, I still feel like, not he's underrated, but he don't get the love that he deserves, man. Like, he is as dynamic a player you can find in the league, bro. Like, what he was doing in the All-Star game, him and Dame hitting them stupid shots. You just don't see that. Like, you just don't see it. But, um, yeah, man, obviously, they're going to get CJ back soon, get Nurk back soon. Um, Gary Trent, uh, reliable role player. Melo. Melo's got comfortable with, with his role coming off the bench, getting buckets. But um, for me, it's about Dame Dollar, man. One of the best leaders in the league. One of the best shooters we've ever seen. And uh, yeah, man, like you cannot doubt Dame. But to be honest, I might as well go straight into my nine, and it will make it like a snake type thing. <laughs> at nine, I got the Nuggets. Um, yeah, I got the Nuggets at nine. They've, they've been playing well as of late, playing really well. But um, they, they've still been under underwhelming in the grand scheme of things for me. Um, Jeremy Grant, huge loss for me. Um, they're just not a great defensive team. Um, Michael Porter Jr. has been finding his way as of late, but throughout the season, inconsistent. Not Even Jamal Murray, again, finding his way the past couple games, but 
throughout this season been inconsistent. Going back to regular season, Jamal Murray, rather than the explosive Jamal Murray we've seen past couple games before the All-Star break. But um, Jokic is an MVP candidate, so um, I, I got to show him love, one of my favourite players. But as a team, they've, they've been underwhelming and they've taken, back, taken steps back um, considering where they were last year. Yeah. Adam? Oh, I thought it was going to be the way. That's my bad. Miami. I've got Miami nine. Um, they're getting healthy now. So Jimmy Butler's on his way back. Um, they're slowly starting to piece things together just before the um, All-Star break. Biggest yeah. swing for them is going to be three-point shooting. They were a, a really good three-point team last year. They've struggled yeah. to hit from downtown this year. Uh, they've had a real big issue staying healthy. They've rarely seen their best team on the floor. As now with Jimmy back, um, they're going to be able to start getting a bit of continuity in the way they put their team together, uh, start looking to get Tyler Hero more involved again. Uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be a better team for sure, and they're going to be a better team throughout the second half of the season. Uh, I don't think we see a repeat of them guys making it to um, a finals. I think that was part and parcel of being in the bubble. But yeah. if they can figure out how to score from deep again and Jimmy can come back and be what everyone expects Jimmy Butler to be, they're going to be a tough team for the rest of this season. Yeah. I mean, couldn't agree with you more. I've got the Heat at nine as well. Um, if I'm to offer maybe diff um, a different point or a different angle is, of course, with the injuries, like with the players that are coming back, you can also look at Bam and what Bam has done because there was a point where people were saying they're like the biggest like drop-offs that we've seen from from com in comparing two seasons, um, and now they're slowly getting back into the mix, being in and around where we thought they would be, um, in terms in terms of the sixth seed. Bam's having the best season of his life. I, I've seen <laughs> Heat Twitter. Yeah, is actually very very toxic. Like they're some you you see some of them. They're they're grilling Bam, saying, "Ah, oh, yeah, I'm done. Like they need someone else." But you have to remember, look, when these guys when they, there were so many injuries, he he was the the scorer, the rebounder, the facilitator, and he's a pass first big. And I think what you have to do is cast your mind back to when the Nuggets had Jokic early on. And he was struggling in terms of there were nights where Jokic was having like five shot attempts and the, the, they were saying, yeah, get this guy out of here. He can't defend and he's not even taking shots. So why is he on this team kind of thing? So there's got to be patience, man. And Bam's going to Bam's gonna be a very, very big player in this league. And I'm seeing him work on his shot. He's extending his range little by little. And I think there's, like we were talking about, incremental improvements are better than no improvements at all and as long as we can see that progress in the player that bam is trying to become then we've got to put faith in him so yeah the heat are working towards being a very very solid playoff team again so that's why i've got them at nine snake in it you might as well go your eight um let me just go back to my list number eight quick list that i had to draw up off the top number eight i got the lakers the Lakers number eight. Um, yeah, I've got them quite low. Um, I think injuries again. I mean, AD being out, um, Schroeder, COVID, and all of that. He's been out for a number of games. <sighs> Let me say that I'm a bit worried. Obviously, 
Adam, me and Darren are kind of LeBron fans. Obviously, I'm, I'm also a 76 in terms of team 76ers, but being a UK guy, look, I'm a LeBron I fan. I genuinely LeBron. thought you just said, also, I'm 76. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been scary. That would have been worrying. Impossible. Younger than me and be seventy. <laughs> just the way you said it, man. And like you know, when like you're listening and like you're really like you're really paying attention, and then you just like what? Like, Seven, what? Nah, that Seven would have been worrying. <laughs> nah, that's funny. But um, yeah, I, I would say I'm worried because. When I look at the success of the Lakers and what it's kind of... Of course, the injuries haven't helped, but it's that Schroeder... Like, I just don't know what Schroeder's going to be in the playoffs. Like, And a big reason why we won the chip is Rajon Rondo. Like, he was monumental in the playoffs, as in, like, big three-type monumental, where he was the third wheel in that team. So it's just about that step up. Can can Truda make that step up? Can he be that guy? You look at Montrez as well. I think we have lost a bit of um defensive rigor in the paint when we play Montrez um at the at the five as well. So obviously yes he's helped in terms of going forward but defensively I think with Dwight and and when McGee played we had good guys who could come in and rough up um, the people that were available. That's why you see the Lakers going up, going for Drummond, because they realise they need that centre who can go up against the Jokic's Jokic of the world or the Embiid's of the world if it's a 76ers Lakers final, for example. So, yeah, I have them eighth just because form-wise, they went through a very rough patch. I think it was four games um, where they were, they were, they got, and they got beaten convincingly in those four games. So, yeah, LeBron's kind of been steadying the ship a bit. I mean, I think if you can get AD back, he can push for that MVP push again um, and maybe put himself back in the conversation. So, yeah, that's why I have them at eighth. Just getting by. They, you know they'll be in the playoffs anyway, so, yeah. Go ahead, Adam, bro. You know, this snake thing's messing with my brain. <laughs> We're freestyling anyway. Yeah, dude, I'm just like, okay, so whoever speaks and gives me the first one, I'm second. Okay, this is how it's going. Yep. So, um, Denver, I've got Denver. Um, I think that they've been relying ridiculously heavily on Nikola Jokic. Um, they mm-hmm. came in, like, we looked at these guys as a bit of a contending team. They came into the season, we thought we we're going to be one of the better teams in the West. Uh, defensively, they haven't been, but they haven't been terrible either. I think that what you're waiting on is the biggest swing factor is to start seeing Jamal Murray actually start being Bubble Murray. Yeah. Um, or at least some thought, like at least a shadow of that, right? I mean, at the moment, he's regressed to how he was before that bubble experience. I think he was one of the players that really benefited from, um, well, no, that's a lie. I was going to say benefited from playing in front of no fans, but there ain't no fans anywhere. So I think sure. he just had us, yeah, he just had us fooled, dude. Um, <laughs> seriously, though, I think he's going to be the biggest swing piece for this team. Uh, or do you think yeah. he's just like a playoff player? Because you know, we like Ronda. Do you know what yeah, I mean, I mean that could be it, right? Like, um, but and that hopefully is the case at that point because that makes um Denver a far scarier team. Exactly. But I think that at the moment they're just relying a little bit too much on Jokic, and it's working enough to have them eighth in the power rankings because that's what an MVP quality center that can distribute the ruck, score from pretty much anywhere, and get work done down low gets you. Like that's what he's meant to get you. Um, but I do think that if they want to get any higher and want to get anywhere past the second round in the West, then Jamal Moore is going to need to step up. 
and they're going to need to start getting something out of um, Michael Porter Jr. to other than a whinging. <laughs> he minds a lot. Facts, man. They, they definitely need more from those guys. But ours, ours on 9 and 8 is flipped, Adam, so I got the heat at 8. Um, yeah, man, they got Jimmy Butler back. Jimmy Butler been balling. I think Bam's actually having an underrated season, man, because he sharpened up his skill set. Like, his, his mid-range uh, J is looking sweet now. You know what I mean? Not AD level. AD's, I can't like AD's an elite mid-range shooter, but the way that he pulls up, he looks a lot more comfortable in the mid-range now. I feel like you can close games with him. Um, Jimmy, obviously, we know what Jimmy's about. He's getting back to health, um, putting up triple-doubles, putting up numbers again. But I think uh, in the second half of the season, what I want to see more is go back to re not relying on, but getting more from, as you said, Hero, Duncan Robertson, Kendrick Nunn, man. I feel like that injury... It really changed um, the way everyone perceived him, and not only that, like his treatment. Like he, I think he finished second in Rookie of the Year running last year. Do you know what I mean? And then once he got injured going into the playoffs, Dragic took his starting spot. It became like Kendrick Nunn's not even playable anymore, and I disagree with that. I feel like Kendrick Nunn's a good player. He's what second year in the league. Like give give him give, not give him a chance, give him an opportunity. Do you know what I mean? And he'll he'll come good. I remember, I think it was game five against the Lakers. He he had a big night, helped them um, win the game. So, um, yeah, I want to see more from Kendrick Nunn. But for me, it's Jimmy and Bam Adebayo, man. Like, if you got two guys like that, hard-nosed guys, play two ways of the court, both can get you buckets as well. Um, yeah, man, I feel like those, those guys as your leaders, you're always going to be in good stead. They're going to be one of the toughest outs in the um, first round for sure. Um. So we're at seven now, yeah? Yeah, we're at seven. I have the Milwaukee Bucks at seven. Um, been They haven't obviously been the same team that we've expected. Um, past two seasons, comfortably the best record in the NBA. Uh, this year, they've taken steps back. They're trying to change things up uh, with the defensive scheme and stuff like that um, Try to try not to be as um, predictable as they have been in previous years. But I still feel as though Late in the game, I just don't trust this team, man. Like Chris Middleton, as much as I love Drew Holiday, I just don't feel like they have enough offense late in the game, especially if you're trying to match up with the Clippers, Lakers, Nets. That like, I just don't feel like offensively they have enough. Um, Chris Middleton, I don't know if he's like, if he can really become, do a Jamal Murray and become an a high, high-level player once the playoffs come. But um, in terms of what, what we've seen so far from them, I just feel like they're experimenting a little, you know, not really putting complete stock in the regular season. But they're still a solid team, still got, obviously, the reigning MVP. But I don't know. I, I, I need to see more from them, and especially in terms of continuity. So that's me now, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah I'm, get, I'm getting it, man. I'm getting it. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, We're so, running the triangle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lakers, dude, um, I've got the Lakers. I think the biggest swing factor is going to be having Anthony Davis get healthy. Uh, you saw how much they rely on him and how much more difficult it was for them to stay in front of teams. They could build a lead, but then keeping the lead was a big issue uh, once LeBron sat. Still definitely one of the best defensive teams in the league, one of the deepest teams in the league. But they are definitely built around having AD and LeBron play together for a large part. And being able to stagger those two and have one-on-one -on -one off has been a huge part of their success. And now that they're having to do that with just LeBron, 
who's not young anymore. He's not 76 like our boy Dan, but he's not young. <laughs> like, um, I think that that's a big swing factor that they need to develop at the moment. So um, I've got them wherever I've put them. I forgot where we were. Seven, right? Seven, yeah. So, yeah, so I've got them seven, and I think that's a decent spot for them. Um, but a lot's going to be how much longer AD is out and how quickly he can ramp back up to the level he was at before his injury. That's going to be two of the biggest swing factors there. For sure. Seven, then you in it? Yeah, seven. Just making sure, trying to brush up my list on it. Um, so seven, I've got. Wait, let me just make sure I've got the right team. Yeah, seven, I've got the Nuggets. So obviously, you guys had the Nuggets a bit lower, but I, I have the Nuggets up here because I think in in a what the the Nuggets the Nuggets are playing well. Obviously, we expected that like that elevation after the playoffs that they had. Um, the, the funny thing is, everyone's getting on to Jamal Murray about how he's played in terms of we thought the next jump for him was All-Star this year. I think he's played well. I think he's done all right. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the way he's played. I think he's averaging about 27, if I'm not mistaken. Some, or is it lower more than like 20? More like 20. Is he averaging 20? Yeah. Typical going oh. back to regular season, Jamal Murray, not playoff Jamal Murray. Oh, no. Do you know what I'm thinking of? Do you know what I'm thinking of? Over the last couple of games, he's averaging... Okay, yes, he's been back, yeah, the past couple yeah, of games. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, sample the size got to you. Yeah, yeah, sample size definitely did. But it is a power rankings, and sample size is what True. we're going up. Last True. last couple of games, the Nuggets have been playing well. And in, in any other circumstance, look, if the Nuggets were literally a top three seed, Jokic would have this MVP wrapped up because he's been unplayable at times this season, like, unbelievable. And, and look, it took me a while to jump on the Jokic train. I won't even lie to you. Darren, you've been telling me, like, he's a serious, serious guy. I even had more stock in KP in, in Paul Zingas than I did in Jokic. No, really, I did. Like, I thought, look, you, you can't teach seven-foot jumper, can defend. I thought the defensive aspect of Paul Zingas as well would make him a better player overall than Jokic. And I feel like people forgot how good he was on the Knicks as well, that the reason why the Knicks were even an attraction is because of um, Paul Zingas. But obviously, he's kind of let me down recently. So, yeah, no, Jokic, I'm definitely fully on board with what he's able to do. And his, like, what we're seeing him do is, like, generational. Like, we've never seen this before. Like, a big, seven-foot big who play makes like he's a... Chris Paul guard kind of guy. Like you know? Magic Johnson film. <laughs> like, no, literally. Like, literally, you know when they used to say Magic Johnson used to literally tower above everyone? Yep. See, see over everybody. <laughs> That's basically what Jokic is doing right now. So, you, you got to put so much stock in him. Um, I think um, Malone is an underrated coach. I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for the way he's able to adapt. He's able to change. And it's the adaptability that Malone shows that I want to see from Brad Stevens, actually. I want to see him, Brad Stevens, show that a bit of flexibility and adaptability because that's that's basically what allows you to go on nice stretches of um, a good run of form. So, yeah, I think that the Nuggets deserve the spot that they're in. Um, and then if they were just a little bit better, if they kept Jeremy Grant, for example, Jokic could have a, a MVP sewn up. Or if who else did they lose? They lost Tory Craig as well. <laughs> Another key defensive piece. That that it just gets overlooked. So yeah, man, I, I think it's right to have them at seven. Seven. You want to know something quick about quick slaps, Paul Zingas? 
10 Go years on. time the only thing you're going to remember is that he got knocked out in lithuania <laughs> that's the only thing you're going to remember but do you know what's crazy adam do you know what's crazy adam my thing is yeah let, let's let's be honest if the 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 mavs knocked out the clippers because if he didn't get injured i still believe till till t- today the Mavs would have beaten the clippers if he didn't get injured with the way the series was going then the clippers got knocked out to the nuggets do you think the nuggets the nuggets last year beat the mavs i'm not so sure i don't think so no i think that's a way tougher game than the clippers put up against the mavs i mean against the nuggets uh, I mean, I was just making a joke. The one thing I want, regardless of if KP wins five rings or none, I'm always going to dazed and confused outside the nightclub. Just like, because like, he's so tall, dude. And did you like, nah, he, he's how scary, did the fight hit you in the face? Like, that's Bro, what I want to do. Your own backyard. You're meant to be the star of your, your, your country. You're getting brushed. Like, I don't like everyone gets beat. Like, everyone's be- took a beating. Like, I'm fine with that. How did the guy reach your face? Like, that, was, that was my like, he had to jump, dude. Like, he should be on a team himself. He jumped rim height. No, like, nah, bro, you, you can't you can't be getting punched up in your own city, man. That's like LeBron going back to Cleveland and getting getting touched up. Yeah, that can't happen. <laughs> that cannot happen. You gotta say there's no way you can be Chris. That's like Lithu- thing. You're Lithuania's number one export. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like walking, it's like being Dutch and trying to burn down a Heineken factory. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. That's why you have to get all hench in that, but listen, it still hasn't affected uh, improved his health, man. He needs to find a way to stay on the court. Forget health, he's he's not even playing well like that. Yeah, bro, he's so bad in the post. The fact that they're even saying the trade is on, like, it shows yeah, that they're not playing the question, right? Like, he just doesn't have the physique to maintain an 82-game yeah. season. Like, mm-hmm. his body yeah. just cannot take the... Uh, Pounding. Yeah, the beating that it puts, man. Yeah. So, I think that's a big issue. I mean, I'm only joking when I'm talking about him getting beat up, but, like... Uh, <laughs> Still funny, though. It's funny, though, yeah. I mean, it's never... If it's you that gets beat up, it's not funny. If it's someone else, then it's funny. True. Um, <laughs> I think what, what are we on six on you, right? Uh it's Dan that's got it right because he done seven. Oh, okay, yeah, go on, Daniel. Just to put cool. some pressure on your buddy. <laughs> six. I've got the Mavs. Funny, surprise, surprise. I think they are um slowly getting back to where or not even slowly. Look, they've won nine of the last eleven. So um they they they've Got back to where they need to be after what shooting like below 20 percent from free first 10 games he's back up to 40 percent that's luka Doncic, um someone who i believe will average in in the coming years he's going to average a triple that he's going to have the triple double season that average a triple double for the season just quality quality player all around but in terms of this season overall um they're getting back into form. They're getting back into where we thought they would be. Um, they're showing their ability. We, me and Darren have dashed up so many times. We said we believe they made a, lo- a number of mistakes in um, the trades that they made. Um, one of the things that I highlighted was that they wanted to kind of sacrifice a bit of their um, historic offense by improving their defense. But 
in turn, they didn't really improve their defence. So was it worth, worth losing Seth Curry, another ball handler who took pressure off Luka Doncic? Who took, like, because one of the major stats that we pointed out is that in terms of, like, usage, in terms of, like, on-ball usage, like, Luka Doncic is by far the highest in the league. Like, he's always got the ball in his hands. And that can become an easy thing to curb when it comes to the playoffs in terms of like you can basically double team him and ask other guys to take the responsibility on that team. So yeah, but in terms of the regular season right now, they're playing well. I even think I would even say Luka Doncic is back on the MVP debate. I think he won't win it just based off how bad he started and people don't tend to forget they take like to take the full course of the season, but he's definitely back in the conversation and yeah, I put them six because they're playing well and they're, they're even on a three game winning streak right now. So yeah, doing well. We'll speed through at the minute since we got to wrap things up. Soon. We'll speed through the, the top six. Okay, yeah. I got Milwaukee at six um, because Milwaukee are good. <laughs> uh, if I'm being honest, it's basically that. I mean, look, the biggest swing factor is can they keep Giannis healthy? How's Drew Holiday going to continue to play? Um, is How's their bench going to come together? Uh, I think that, as we've said earlier in this show, and I know me and you, Dan, before we uh, started, not Dan, sorry. Um, I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Darren. Darren, there we go. Um, I know me and you spoke about it before the uh, the podcast actually started with Milwaukee. Budenholzer is a great regular season coach. Not so good in the playoffs. I think yeah. for that reason, they're going to be a good team in the second half. I think that they're trying to pace themselves a little bit more than they have in previous years as they probably think they've burnt out a little bit during the playoffs previously. And that's why we don't see them dominating the way they did yeah. last year, exactly. uh, despite having a better roster. Um, but I definitely think that they deserve to be just outside of the top five on current form. Yeah, for sure. I agree. I've got the um, Clippers at six. Um, still a great team, you know. Uh, Tyloo doing a good job. I'm a, I, I like Tyloo a lot. I feel like he's underrated. But um, yeah, man, Kawhi and Paul George. Paul George obviously getting back to what we expect of him. Kawhi, the only struggle I have with them is obviously they struggle to close games and obviously the lack of playmaking. Um, if they're unable to close games, I feel like they can lose in the second round again, if I'm being honest. Uh, they, they are vulnerable because they, they, I think they still have chemistry issues. And uh, at five, got the Lakers. Um, yeah, they had a bad stretch obviously without AD, but I think the Schroeder loss is also huge as well that people forget. Um, I think that was huge as to why they actually lost four in a row, but um, got Schroeder back, uh, ball, uh, won the last couple of games before the all star break, and obviously AD is gonna get back healthy. So I think that, um, they're gonna, they're gonna take the second half of the season seriously, get warm for the playoffs, and uh, yeah, I'm expecting them to dominate this, this second half of the season for sure. See you, Adam, at five. It is. Um, I've got the Clippers. So I think me and you are swip, flipped again, right? Yep. So um, I think their defense is going to get better than what it is at the moment. I think it has to get better than what it is at the moment. Um, we said earlier when we were talking about Boston, they've got a lot of same issues as what Boston has got. Uh, the only difference is they've got their wings are superstar level wings at this point. So they can bail you out of a lot more trouble than what Boston's can at this point. Uh, yep. I'd like to see them... They got Luke Kennard and was hoping that he'd be a playmaker. Um, that was obviously a big part of making that trade. Moving on from Shamit for Kennard was the additional playmaking that you hoped. I'd like to see him kind of get the ball a little bit more with that second unit. 
Um, I still think Trez was a big loss to that team as well, but uh, we'll see yeah. that through the rest of the season. Sure. Um, oh, who me? Yeah, your fifth. Yeah, fifth. I've got the Bucks. Um, so I think I got the Bucks a bit higher up than you guys. I think that I think Giannis is having an underrated season, Just putting up MVP type numbers again. It's just course narrative award so it's not really good likely you can win it again um and people are just tired of seeing Giannis win the MVP like um I think the, the look Budenholz is always going to get regular season wins like we've known this now we know what the Bucks are in the in the in the regular season so I think it's just about now we don't really care as fans what the Bucks do in the regular season. We want to just see them in the playoffs. How is Budenhoser going to set up the team when they encounter the wall again? Like when they basically say, Giannis, you're not getting into the paint. Um, what is he going to, going to do to switch it up? Um, so, yeah, there's there's nothing to say about the Bucks, man. Bucks are the Bucks. Trust me. You just got to figure out how to close games for me, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's you. But it's you at four, isn't it? Um, at four, I've got the Suns. Um, the team that we thought that so what the Wizards, what we thought the Wizards could be, the Suns are leaps and bounds ahead of what we thought they would be. Quality, quality addition and Chris Paul above everything else. He's come in and translated everything to wins. And essentially, that's the most important thing, making sure that all that talent that they had, the Suns, is all translated to winter and Monty Williams. Let's not get it yeah. twisted. He's underrated, an underrated coach. Like when I talk, when you talk about schemes, um, d- defensive schemes and offensive schemes, he he has created a system which has allowed all them guys to thrive. And I'd even say that Darius Arich is leading the league in terms of sixth man of the year. Like he's playing quality, Just, quality yeah. basketball. Him and Clarkson. Yeah, him and Clarkson, definitely. Clarkson, yeah, definitely balling out as well. But Sarich is definitely in the conversation. So definitely. Um, yeah, the Suns are just playing excellent, excellent basketball. And I think you've got Chris Paul who can close games. You've got Devin Booker who can close games. And when you've got two guys, bona fide closers in your team, you know you're already on a path to, to huge success. I, I expect they're going to be a team you do not want to match up with in the first round in the playoffs or the second round. All those big guys, Clippers, um, Lakers, they do not want the Suns. Fam, I, I got the Suns at four as well, so I might as well put the cheese on top. Um, yeah, fam, everything you said is right. And the thing is, what, when you mentioned two guys that can close games, I think the difference with those two is the balance in the skill set. Because yeah. Devin Booker is obviously the assassin scorer, but then you have the, the, the calming effect of Chris Paul. It's like fire and water. Do you know what I mean? Chris Paul slows the pace down, gets everyone else good looks. Um, could get to the mid-range whenever he wants to. Like Chris Paul is just a conductor. Do you know what I mean? And, and I always say he he when you get Chris Paul, you get wins. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um Mikhail Bridges, breakout season. I've always been a big fan of his two-way player, um, good wing. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, but the Suns, yeah, great team. As you said, Monty Williams underrated as well. And hundred percent I agree. Don't buck them in the Clippers. Don't buck the Suns in the playoffs because it will be problems. Big, big problems. I'll say, um, Adam, do your four three two one, and then we'll do the same thing four three two one to to as in like we'll do it straight rather than doing it as a snake, just so we can wrap it up. Okay, I got um yeah yeah I got Philly at four, um simply because I think they're what they're probably that's probably where I've got them in terms of the league wide 
um, rankings as well, around about fourth, fourth, fifth. Uh, I've got Brooklyn at three. Uh, questions still around their defense. Um, I want to see how they integrate Blake, how they use Blake. Um, personally, I don't think it's a big upgrade or a big acquisition at all. I think it's more of a fringe level move. Uh, I've got Utah at two. Uh, probably the best team in the league right now in terms of form, in terms of depth, in terms of everybody being on their game and playing uh, a solid brand of basketball. I think Quinn Schneider's done a great job there. And then at number one, I've got your fourth team in Phoenix. I've got them as the, mo uh, the most informed team in the league right now. And um, I hate to mm. say it because I really wanted Devin Booker to want to move teams. You said Suns at first. I got, um, yeah, obviously I said I got the Suns at four. I got the Sixers at three. Um, Embiid, probably the MVP right now. Um, ben Simmons is a found his rhythm as well. Um, probably defensive player of the year right now. Doc Rivers um, putting on a display saying, listen, I'm still one of the better coaches in the league. Um, Seth Curry, underrated pickup for me. Tobias, getting back to um, being consistent, 20 points a game, Tobias. Obviously um, hit the game winning shot against the Lakers earlier on the season. But um, yeah, man, I just like what Doc's got going on over there. Um, I feel like they could still make one more move, you know. If they could get their hands on a Zach Levine, woo, it's mad. But um, yeah, that's that's a bit down the line. But um, yeah, I got them at three. At two, I got the Jazz. Um, as you said, probably the most informing team in the league right now. Um, hitting the most threes, hitting the highest percentage. Um, got the defense, one of the defensive player of the years in Rudy Gobert. Um, and they're spreading the wealth, man. I think they probably got five or six guys averaging double digits right now. Mission Clarkson, six man of the year. Mike Conley having a bounce back season. Donovan Mitchell, we know, certified uh, bucket getter. And then you got uh, Bogdanovich just lining up from downtown. So got the Jazz at two, and I got the Nets at number one, man. Um, I just love what they what, what they got going on over there, man. Like I'm not obviously defensively, I'm not um, sold. But the way that they're blowing teams out right now is crazy. Do you know what I mean? KD's hurt. And Kyrie and James Harden are still putting on a show every single night. James Harden, he's going to be in MVP conversations real soon, man. Because he's he's doing a madness. Like he, I love the way he's balanced out his game now. He's obviously leading the league in assists. Still shoots to step back three here and there. Can light you up for 40 on the odd night. Uh, and Kyrie is obviously having a career year. Uh, once KD comes back healthy, we know they're going to be savage. But um, yeah, man, the Nets. Um, I, I I think the Blake pickup is 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 helpful, not huge, but I think it'll be some. It'll, it'll provide good help. Love what I've seen from Bruce Brown. Um, he's been playing really well in, in a role. But um, yeah, man, they just got too much firepower over there in Brooklyn. Yeah, I think yeah, basically the similar things got my team the 76ers in third. I think. Uh, looking at their team, I mean, there's, I'm, I'm expecting big things from them this season. I think in in offensive rating, though, they're mid-table in terms of both conferences. So that's something that they might need to address, especially when Embiid is having his best scoring That's season. what I'm saying. If they can get Zach Levine, bro, it's crazy. 100%, 100%. So I think, yeah, that's if there's one thing to address, and if they address it before the trade deadline, look, you're looking at a really, really serious outfit in the East. Second, I'd say the the team that has surprised us the most, the Jazz, 
Um, they've always been steady top four, top five, and now they're just like they literally. It's as if they've blossomed, as if they've just been waiting to grow, and now they've blossomed and literally become the team that we thought they would. And remember what we were saying. Look, Donovan Mitchell, in terms of all the talent, look, I love him. I, I don't necessarily think he's the the in terms of his age bracket, he's the best player necessarily. However. What's happened is he's in a situation which has allowed him to evolve and become a very, very solid all-star um, level player who's going to do great things in this league. Do I think, though, that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert can win a chip? Eh, I don't think so. I'm not really a fan, but they're getting the job done. They're getting wins. And again, they're one of the teams where we're going to see in the playoffs whether the way that they play can translate into a seven-game series because we've seen it happen before. Teams that are have overachieved and are quality in the in the in the regular season, can they translate it into the playoffs? Do you know what I'm saying? Especially when they face those tough teams. When the one court, point when on the, that is, one on. point on that. I think because you see a lot of comparisons to them and the old the old Spurs teams. Do you know what I mean? Move the ball, everyone touches the ball. Do you know what I mean? It's not a you don't rely on one guy to get you buckets. I think in the playoffs, if they can keep that up, I'll give them a, a chance to make some serious noise. If it doesn't become ISO ball, you know, Donovan Mitchell pick and roll, if they can keep up what they've been doing, uh, guys knocking down threes, basically having five or six guys in double digits every night, I think that they'll have a chance, man, because um, late in the game, that's when you can rely on Donovan Mitchell. But if they can get, get everyone uh, touching the ball throughout throughout the three quarters before you give Donovan Mitchell the ball in the fourth quarter, I give them a good chance, man. I think my only reservation has been that... Um... Yeah, cool. We're giving them a chance. However, the reason why I'm on the other side of the fence is because just, just, just based off of history, like teams require reliable scorers in the playoffs. And obviously, I know that Donovan Mitchell is that reliable scorer, but can you rely on Mike Conley to keep up the, the, what he's doing right now? Because one of the biggest reasons why they didn't beat the Nuggets is because Mike Conley didn't show up. Do you know what I'm saying? So, is Mike Conley going to be that? second option scorer for them when they need him most and that's the question that I have especially when you look at the Bucks Giannis of course Giannis will get his numbers but Mike I mean Chris Middleton was obviously struggling his second guy so it's just about whether the team as a whole pulls their weight so that they put Donovan Mitchell in a in a position for him to close games but yeah all the same and then number one um the Nets man I think look they, they've proven me wrong they shut me up <laughs> I criticized Harden. I said it was too much. What what and what's interesting, just to wrap it up and close out um the episode, I think it's interesting that I say this and just let me land. They remind me of um the Pistons team that won the 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 chip. And the reason why I say that is because that team was so when I land, you'll see what I mean. That that team was so focused on their defense, and it was oh. all about the defense, how you could shut teams down. I think they went on a stretch here where they limited team like they went on a 10 game stretch or something like that where they limited every team to 80 points something crazy like that but then you flip the switch now you look you fast forwards how many ever how many ever years later the nets are literally doing the opposite of that firepower it's all about blowing up teams it's all about tearing them down and putting up 140 every night if you're so heavily like that's one thing i maybe didn't take into account when i was analyzing the nets if you're so heavy in one area, like if you have so much firepower, you might not need defense. You actually Bro, you can might overwhelm teams, fam. Just literally, and you, you've got closers galore. I mean, they've got closers, yeah. That I mean, if you wanted to pick three closers, 
Harden is your third option, Kyrie is your second, and KD is your first. Like, I don't think it gets any better than that. And that team, mm. you guys are saying the Blake Griffin moves the fringe one. I think, look, it's more firepower. Like, it's literally what, like, he's still, he's still a decent enough player to have coming off. Decent is even an understatement to come off your bench. So, look, the Nets, the Nets are doing their thing. It'll just be interesting to see again how they translate into the playoffs. Um, it's, it's, yeah, just be interesting to see how they do that. But in terms of t- best team in the league, most informed, just the most scary, the team that I'm actually worried about, yeah, the Nets, man. You'd be a fool not to be worried about the Nets. They're, they're, they're quality, man. They're quality. But Adam, Big. man, I appreciate you for coming on once again. Um, sure. It's really been a pleasure, man, to, to, to chop things up with you. And hopefully we can do it again, man. Of course, man. Um, whenever you want me to jump on, just hit me up. I'm usually available um, in the week anyway. I'm usually around. Just hit me up and we can make some work. Thank you for having me, man. I've had a good time. No worries. No, I appreciate you for coming on, man. It's been great. Hopefully, you know, your Celtics can have a little bit of joy second half of the season. Oh, man. Uh, maybe, my life easier. maybe there's a big pickup coming around the corner. Hopefully. Maybe, maybe. Maybe Kemba yeah. fans form, hopefully. But um, yeah, man, enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. For sure. Let the people know where they can find you. Uh you can find me at Adam Taylor NBA on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, you can find my work at Celticsblog.com. Uh podcast is there too. If you uh, I do bits and bobs everywhere else. But if you follow me on one form of social, you'll see you'll come across anything else I do. 100%, 100%, and it's all going to be in the description below. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, do all of that good stuff for us. We want to appreciate you guys for taking us over 200. I mean, we only started this recently, and we're getting the traction that we we believe our content has, and we just want to c- carry on bringing you that quality content that you've been asking for. Um, the Instagram's been blowing up, um, hitting, going to hit 1,000 soon. So, yeah, just keep doing all of that good stuff for us, and we'll continue providing you with great content. Um, and, yeah. Keep your eyes on the ball, or as we say on this basketball show, keep your eyes on the court. We out. Deuces.